Are you a Christian leader wanting to join with others, ready to go deeper into the core issues of our day? Here's Gabe Lyons of Q Ideas. For 15 years, we've been gathering leaders through our Q Ideas Culture Summit annually to assess where the culture's headed and to better understand how to faithfully navigate our cultural moment. But we believe now it's more important than ever to strengthen the relationships amongst leaders, to come together more regularly and to discuss the issues that seem to be coming up for us on a monthly basis. We don't have time to wait until April to engage some of these topics. We need to do that now. And that's why we've created The Collaborative. The Collaborative is an eight-month learning experience, a cohort of sorts, that's going to bring together 100 leaders who want to go deeper with Q ideas and how we better understand the culture, the issues, the current events, and how we as leaders can faithfully navigate that. If you're a leader and you feel compelled right now that you need to go deeper as a leader, you need to go deeper in your understanding of the times to know what to do, then this is going to be an opportunity for you to go deeper with us here at Q Ideas. There's limited space available, so not only join for you, but if you have a friend, you have somebody you've been having these conversations with one-on-one that you want to include and invite into this, please let them know about this now. We only have a few weeks to register and plan to join us, and I'll look forward to being with you September 30th as we kick off The Collaborative. Learn more about The Collaborative at qideas.org slash cohort. Again, that's qideas.org slash cohort. Welcome to Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons. Q is about conversation. If we're really concerned about ending poverty, we've got to be more concerned about creating justice. Our cultural products as Christians need to both defy and resonate with the culture. And God's doing amazing things. His church is expanding. His church is growing. It's not what's the purpose of my life. It's what is the purpose that's been assigned. Stay curious. Think well. Advance good. This is Q. This idea of resilience, uh, what is it? It's the spiritual elasticity that can be developed in an adult or a child. It's, it's like a resistant strength uh, to bend and flex, but not to break under the weight of culture. So therefore, we ask the question, well, what is it that, that forms that? And the, these are those three yep. combined factors, belonging, believing, and becoming. So why is this idea of resilience important? I think it's important because, again, we're, we're, we're now swimming in this, this post-Christian culture. And so all of, I think we've already built the case for resilience. Yep. So now, now it's more of a matter of how, how can we build a community of resilient disciple makers? That again is Matt Markins of Awana as we start out this week's Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons. Hi, I'm Paul Perot, and we're continuing the conversation Gabe started last week with Matt. A very important conversation as we focus on our kids and getting them back to school and hopefully back to church as summer winds down. On that note, as a ministry that seeks to help churches disciple truly disciple and spiritually form our kids. In the last few years, Awana has asked themselves some very difficult questions. They did some insightful research and now have been revamping the way they do ministry. With that focus, you just heard about those three principles of belonging, believing, and becoming. Gabe has been following this transformation and understanding that Awana has been going through. In fact, last year at the Q2020 Virtual Summit, Valerie Bell of Awana spoke about the situation that our youth are in and Awana's new direction. Before we return to Gabe and Matt's conversation, let's hear a portion of Valerie's talk. 
The average church attendance for church-going kids is 1.7 times a month. That comes out to about 24 hours in a year. And I will just come out and say, you can't build discipleship built on that kind of attendance. The church is losing the family's primary allegiance. And we are losing our kids. The retention rate after high school is reflected in a dropout rate of 59 to 64% of kids once they get to college. I'm going to add to this one more shift, and that is the heightened velocity of secular culture. Secular culture has come in like a tsunami into our our own homes, and it has come right into the palm of our kids' hands. They now go to the screen to find out how to think, how to act, who to run with. In fact, I think it's not uh, very far um, to say that many of our kids are actually screen disciples. That is where their allegiance is. That is where their affection is, that is where their identity is, which is another definition of discipleship. The culture is also becoming increasingly oppositional to Christian values. And so um, the future, as we look at the future, 2050, when this, these kids will be adults, it's very possible, unless there is an intervention, that the church will be marginalized and silenced. And, you know, let's just throw COVID-19 in with all of these things that are so frightening. Uh, now we know that there is a precariousness and unpredictability to life that we didn't recognize before. So when we consider all of this, uh, all of these trends going to the future, one thing is sure, it is this generation will need a kind of resilient discipleship like few modern generations before them. That again was Valerie Bell from last year's virtual summit. The full talk from Valerie and so much more is available to Q Media subscribers at qideas.org. And if you're not a subscriber yet, remember you can request a free 30-day trial. Do that at qideas.org. And now let's return to the conversation between Gabe and Matt Markins from Iwana. We started last week. Let's continue it now here on Q Ideas. As you think about the digital disruption, I mean, how much has that just changed the game on shaping a worldview for the youth? Well, significantly, but I also think we don't completely know the answer to that question yet. You know, you probably, like me, uh, watched the Social Dilemma documentary that came out during the pandemic. We're all sitting locked in our homes. What are we going to do? We're going to watch another documentary. (laughs) But, you know, I, I think what was fascinating, I think what we all found fascinating was to see these technology inventors and creators and entrepreneurs looking at the camera saying, we created this and we didn't realize exactly what we created. So I don't know that we fully know the answer to that. But I, but I, think, I think what we now have is just yet another series of endless options. You've heard it said before, you can't scroll to the end of Facebook, you know, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever. So we have a, we have a big challenge, right, in helping walk alongside of our young people. Whether, whether you've given your child a, a smartphone when they're 12 or whether you've held off until they're maybe 17, there's the challenge of helping walk alongside of them. I, I don't think this is about protection. We can't protect our way out of this problem. I think it's about preparation. Yeah. So we've got to prepare. It's good. Prepare, walk alongside. Yeah, protect. Yeah, yeah. 
So we, we've got to walk. I think that's why that experience piece and the, when you, when you, those three B's, when you overlap the belonging piece and the becoming piece, you've got a powerful ally there yeah. in the, the belonging relationship piece and the becoming that navigational piece when they're linked together. Yeah. Uh, kids really need the community of someone to help them experience life. Yeah. yeah. I was reading recently Neil Postman, who I really have appreciated his writing, his book, Amusing Ourselves to Death. In 1984, mm. shed so much light on how much media, and he was referring to cable TV at the yeah, time, of course. how much television was disrupting the way people think, and it was going to have disastrous consequences. Well, in 97, he writes a book called A Bridge to the 18th Century, where he's describing this element that, as we're talking, I'm thinking about related to childhood, and he, and he, he essentially says childhood was created in the 1700s. Before that, it was infancy. And then kids just grew up. They went to work on the farm and agriculture, wherever it was. Um, and nobody really protected that season to yeah. form and, yeah. and disciple a child. And he would argue we were at this point, this is 1997 again, where he's going, we're losing childhood again. Our kids now have access to more information than they ever have. There's no way to shield and protect. Now, again, remember, this is when the Internet's just kind of becoming a thing. He's warning, if we don't protect our children from the onslaught of advertising, digital media, music, entertainment, yes. video games, all of it, we're going to lose childhood again. And that doesn't help us form and shape the intellect, the worldview, yeah. or anything. And, and so I think now we're 25 years after that moment, how much childhood has shrunk. Our kids who are eight years old and doing TikTok or watching everything the parents are watching on television or Netflix or whatever, getting full exposure, no, no kind of discernment, how much, how much we will pay for that later, you know, in our, in our children. And yet the overwhelmed feeling so many parents feel like, I don't know what to do about that. Like, it just seems like it is what it is. What would you say to encourage parents who are grappling with that? I think if, whether I were talking to parents or a church leader, you know, church leaders, you might have a church of 200, 1,200, 10,000, it d- doesn't matter. Or, or that parent, I, I, th- I think I would start asking myself the question, are we adequately preparing today's young people or my, the kids in my home, are we adequately preparing them to engage a post-Christian culture and to lead the church of 2050? I mean, that's, that's really what we're doing. Because, you know, the 10-year-old in your house now, it's going to be how old in 2050? I mean, they're going to be the ones leading the church uh, in that time period. So we have to ask ourselves if what we're doing now in the home, in our churches is preparing. And and as we ask that question, I mean, the heads are always nodding. No, we're not. So, so what do we really need to be doing? We need to be asking ourselves, well, then what is it Of, of all that we do in the local church? What are the key indicators? What are the key things that we do that lead to fruitfulness in children? Like that's the question that we've got to be asking. Mm-hmm. And that's why our organization from 2013, 2019, why we did several research projects that led us to those three B's, belonging relationships, mm-hmm. believing scripture and becoming experiences. We've done the work. We're doing a new project with Barna now to continue to dig deeper into that. It's going to be an assessment for churches. So if you're a church and you want to measure the fruitfulness of your child discipleship or your children's ministry, that assessment's coming out, so that'll help you. So if I were a parent, I would drill into those three areas, yeah. relationships. I would have not just myself and my spouse, or, or, or if I, maybe I'm a single parent, but who's that web of community around that chi- my child? And in the church, I would be looking at that same thing. How can we start over? How can we 
redo this thing where we have a network of, of loving, caring adults pouring into our kids. So yeah. be going yeah. through those three B's, belonging, believing, becoming, and making sure that I'm coming alongside of my kids yep. to give them the most fruitful areas that lead to long-term discipleship. Well, and, and trying to help filter for belonging, at least filter who are the authorities in their life, who are they listening to. Yep. I know exactly. when we were in New York City, it was challenging with, with children who were in elementary age schools, public school system, realizing as parents that we were bringing our perspective, but they were all day long hearing from authority figures, yes. people they trusted, teachers, you, know, and, you and, name it, they were hearing a different worldview. And this is where digital isolation is a problem because if they're then coming home and, and if the parents – if our, us as parents, if we're engaged in our devices and they're not engaged with them, these kids are growing up completely disconnected from a yeah. discipleship pathway. And, and the point is they're all being discipled. Yes. So it's, it's who are they being discipled. Exactly. And I think it would be an interesting practice for a parent to just sit back and either have a conversation with your child or on your own, try to assess, okay, how many hours a day is my child hearing from this source, that source, <laughs> That's beautiful. this YouTube That's personality, perfect. this person on Instagram, this community, uh, let's, let's just map it and yeah. look at it and, and understand the inputs. I did that once a year ago, I was talking to my counselor and, and I was trying to navigate some of the chaos I was feeling in my mind. And that was an exercise he had me do was to just look at all the inputs and let's try to map out. Uh, you know, on paper, how many inputs, who are you listening to? Mm -hmm. Where's the information coming from? And let's do an assessment and recorrect. And, and I think it's, it was very helpful for me to do that. And I think for parents to take that same intentionality could be really helpful and have a conversation with your kids. Like you're, you're being formed and shaped. I was talking to my child last night about the television program they were watching on Netflix. Um, and it seemed harmless, but I, I knew the characters. I knew the narrative. I knew where the show goes. And and I said, I know it feels harmless. I know you're sitting here and laughing because it's funny and it's normal today to talk about these things. But I want you to know this isn't normal. This is abnormal. This isn't true. There's always an agenda that's happening underneath the story from the writer, from the producer, from the funder. So you've got to keep learning how to think beneath it. And it's not harmless. Like whatever you're subjecting yourself to is having a shaping effect. And so we have to guard that. We have to be intentional as believers about what we're letting in. Uh, and and so anyway, th these are just things I'm thinking about. So it's, it's time right to you. talk with you about it. You, you were part of this great book called Resilient, Child Discipleship and the Fearless Future of the Church. Um, talk a little bit about resilience and, and the, the idea of what, what it means to be resilient, as well as how you see this being the solution, one of the solutions to yeah. how the church can engage with parents and families and children. Well, it's easy to be, dis you know, we've talked about some, certainly there's a lot of hope in what we've talked about, but there's also some discouragement. So it's easy to get discouraged with when the waves keep crashing, right? But the beautiful thing about resilience is that resilience can be formed. You know, you, you fall down, what's the first thing you think when you fall down? So the, this idea of resilience, uh, what is it? It's the spiritual elasticity that can be developed in an adult or a child. It's, it's like a resistant strength uh, to bend and flex, but not to break under the weight of culture. So therefore, we ask the question, well, what is it that, that forms that? And the, these are those three yeah. combined factors, belonging, believing, and becoming. So why is this idea of resilience important? I think it's important because, again, we're, we're, we're now swimming in this, this post-Christian culture. And so 
Yeah. All of I think we've already built the case for resilience. Yeah. So now now it's uh, more of a matter of how how can we build a community of resilient disciple makers? You know, I'm in the children's ministry world. Children's ministry is a lot of fun. Uh, we do, a, but there's a lot of responsibilities. We're children's ministry leaders are juggling a lot of balls, right? We've got VBS, Sunday school, large group, small group. We could just keep going with this really long list of responsibilities. What we're the question we're asking is if we put all those responsibilities on the table, and we asked how could we we be most fruitful in what we do? Yeah. As we're looking, as we're staring into a post-Christian future, we really need to be thinking differently about children's ministry and ask. You, you use the word form multiple times. That's exactly the right word to be using. We need to be asking what is most likely going to form a resilient disciple yeah. that's well, the question and i and i feel for children's ministry leaders because i think Absolutely. parents have now started to feel like they could outsource yeah. spiritual discipleship and formation and if this pandemic year has shown anything it's mm-hmm. shown that you know wherever your kids are at and wherever you are at as a disciple and whatever you have in your life that's helping you form outside of the structure of a sunday mm-hmm. service or a children's ministry for an hour a week um that's what you've got and if it didn't hold up well, and if you saw yourself kind of falling away, or you, your children struggling um, outside of, of of having some of those programs and experiences, then you know it was a it was a wake up call. And I and I guess, madam, curious because I know your work is so much about equipping children's ministry leaders, but is the model we even have going to work? I mean, is the structure that we've set up for church and children's ministry leaders? feeling responsible for the development of our children. Um, is that going to take us into the future? Because it seems like when we look back over the last few decades, um, the numbers decline. It's, it's like something's broken about the way we think about child discipleship. I'm going to very softly and gently, but clearly say, no, it's not going to work. Um, and I, and I say it softly because I'm certainly empathetic to the children's ministry leader because the, the children's ministry leader is really executing in, in, in a great sense the plan that the senior leader is, be, is asking of them. Right. You know, I, I'm, I'm the lead pastor. I'm running this right. church, and I need you to run a children's ministry, and they may have certain expectations around what that means. And we get how we've arrived at this kind of this church growth Western U.S. model. But in a post-Christian world, the lead pastor is probably now asking him the same or her the same questions around the church at large, right? right? And we're asked, we're going to have to ask the same questions in children's ministry. And so, the children's ministry model we know of, which largely is this this high energy, very entertaining f- focus on uh, the edutainment almost, and it's uh, large group, small group, okay. But in that, whether you have sixty minutes or ninety minutes, whatever that window is. Uh, we're going to have to ask harder questions around what, again, I'm, I'm repeating yeah. myself at this point, but what leads to the greatest amount of fruit? And this is why I serve with Awana is because Awana has, we have all the data. We have seven years of data, multiple research projects that show when you have a highly relational community investing in kids, eye to eye, we're fist bumping, we're knee to knee looking at each other, we're talking about a scripture passage together. That tends to lead to greater long-term fruitfulness, yeah. but it takes a pastor with a vision to say we've got to invest relationally yeah. in the next generation to be able to uh, to recruit that type of a disciple-making community. Yeah, and we, we also know that our children are formed by what they watch us do, not by what we teach yep. or what we say. Yep. And to encourage just those who are listening who you do have children that are growing up, they're getting older— 
and you're you're alarmed about what's happening in the world. You want to be a part of the change, but it feels so overwhelming. Just know it starts with us. It starts with me as a parent. It starts with my own life reflecting reflecting the biblical attributes of what a life following Jesus looks like that our children are going to pick up on and they're going to see it and they're going to see it modeled. And that's going to have way more impact than a program than them just on their own trying to process information or listen to a podcast or even read the Bible. They they need the community aspect. And as parents, we're creating that little environment every day where we can impact it. So don't be discouraged because of what's out there. Let's be encouraged that God's given us this model, the structure called the family that does wall off the world to the degree we're intentional about that. And and we still can take agency with that and not be discouraged, not let the enemy win here, but take agency with how we're going to lead in the community and in the space God's given us. That's beautiful. I'd love to kind of leave with one last comment. Like, let, let, yeah, Let's please. attach this very important conversation to what I think is the highest conversation uh, when there again, we said a moment ago with, with living in a different culture than we perhaps grew up in 20, 30 years ago, it's easy to be discouraged by some of the negative stuff we see. But when we step back and we look at what God is doing globally, man, I think I think God is really on the move. He's bringing renewal to churches. He's bringing renewal to churches in majority Christian cultures and in post-Christian mm-hmm. cultures. And we've really got our eye on that. And that's why we think this work with children is so important is because we have the opportunity to shape those who are most open to being formed by the gospel. We love we love Mark Sayer's work here in the book, uh, Reappearing Church. I highly recommend it if your readers haven't read that. But he talks about this this cycle of renewal that moves from a holy discontent, right? Like we're not have we're not we're not excited about what's happening in the world around us, but holy discontent moves to preparation, which moves to contending, right? We're we're wrestling, we're we're begging God to to come and do something in this world, which moves into healthy patterns and it brings about a remnant of God. We love what, what he's saying in here and that we see child discipleship playing a strategic role in bringing about renewal in the church and in the culture. Yeah. Uh, we're just so hopeful about what God is doing in the world and the role that forming children has in all of that. Well, I know coming up in September 16 and 17, I'm a part of this here in Franklin, but you guys are pulling together yeah. a pretty amazing opportunity to talk about this more and to bring in the experts and leaders to help people in these roles as children's ministry leaders or pastors or parents called the Child Discipleship Forum. Talk a little bit about why that became an initiative that was important to create right now. And and for those who might be listening who have enjoyed this conversation, how they could be a part of that. Well, the, the number one response when we released the book Resilient, which by the way, released Right at the beginning of the pandemic. What a great time to release yeah. a brand new book. But the number one response that we get is, you gave me words and imagery that I felt for a long time. Thank you for giving us the words. And, what, and another thing that's come out of this book is this question of, are we adequately preparing this generation to lead in a post-Christian culture, right? And so out of releasing this book has come uh, this need for more conversation, dialogue, community. Um, and there really isn't a singular community that focuses on really singularly on child discipleship and what is it that forms a child disciple. So we're launching it here in Nashville and Franklin, uh, September 16 and 17. We've got about 17 communicators coming together for over the course of two days. It's about dialogue, learning, 
uh, collaboration and, and community. And we're really looking forward to uh, you being a part yeah. of it. No, I'm excited to be a part of it because I think there's nothing more important than thinking about how we form our children. It's like I think about the war that we're in, the supernatural battle. And the one thing you can do is you can prepare your children. And I, I think of the verse we named our son Pierce, who's 18, mm. about to head off to college, um, where the scripture talks about how children are like, you know, arrows in the hand of a warrior. Amen. Blessed is he whose quiver is filled with them. And I, we named him Pierce because yeah. we're like we're launching this arrow Love into it. the world, you know, and, and I want I want God to use him to pierce the hearts of men and women with what he's gifted him with. And I think for us to just take back an understanding as parents and as leaders, like we, we can shape and form and we never know how God's going to use these children he's put in our lives and our families, maybe in another family where you can have an influence and be an encouragement because maybe their parents aren't thinking about some of this as much, but let's all do our part because yeah. God's at work here. Together. We know how the story's going to go. We need to prepare our children. There's going to be more questions than there ever has been in the coming years about meaning, purpose, transcendence, how to navigate a chaotic world, a confusing world where we don't know what's true anymore. If we prepare our children and have vision for that, God's going to use that as part of what he's going to do in the coming seasons. Well, again, thank you for listening to this week's Q Ideas with Gabe Lines. Gabe joining me now. And Gabe, a lot of churches are getting their kids and youth programs ready for this fall. And hearing Matt talk about the rethinking that Awana has been doing is really encouraging. And I hope it helps those involved in kids and youth ministry, whether they use Awana or not, to think well about how and why they do what they do. It was great hearing your conversation with Matt. I love his heart, his spirit, all that he's bringing to this conversation and even the work that they're doing this child discipleship forum that we mentioned is taking place September 16 to 17 in Franklin, Tennessee. Come join us. I'll be there. Several others that I'm sure you'll appreciate being around like-minded people who are really trying to navigate what is this going to look like for the season ahead. And so I appreciate their hard work of bringing people together. You can also learn more about their work, all their programs. So many different things have developed in these last decades and you can learn more about that at Awana. Org. You can also listen to Matt's panel discussion. I interviewed him and another colleague during our Culture Summit back in April, and you can get a free trial, 30 days, to Q Media by going to qideas.org slash trial. In addition to that conversation, you're going to see the other 40 talks that we gave that were contributed as a part of that event, and you'll also have access to multiple playlists around some of the most probably controversial, difficult topics as a Christian that you're trying to navigate in the world today. So take advantage of that. Go to qideas.org slash trial. See where the community that listens to this podcast that's leading in their different organizations, their churches, their families, where they're going to learn more and to be disciplined about how they're going to approach such complex issues. But we thank you for being a part of this community. Invite others to listen in. Maybe share this with your spouse. Share this with friends, other families that you're doing life with as we all together try to build community that's going to help help shape the future generation of the church. Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons is made possible in partnership with Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Thanks again for listening.
Thank you for listening to the Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make your gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. To avoid missing future editions of Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or on your podcast player. And thank you for sharing this audio link with a friend and growing the impact of Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons.